Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. The title of this sermon is, So God Blessed Noah. Here is the first half of this two-part study. I just entitled this, So God Blessed Noah. So God blessed Noah. As we come into chapter 9, one of the things is to remember that the the flood is done. Uh, Billions of people are dead. I think that's the biggest thing. God's judgment has happened. You have animals that were killed. uh, And and God judged the earth. And so uh, one of the things that is to remember is the reason for judgment. Because a lot of times people think, well, God shouldn't judge. Or how come God judges? I should be able to live my life the way that I want to live my life. And you do have free will. But I want you to catch this. This is something to remember. And it's very important because I believe we're living in the same times today. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of his thoughts of his heart was was only evil continually. And then you also had widespread corruption and violence. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 and 12, it says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked up, uh, looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And so God brought judgment. And at this point, we have Noah and his family exiting the ark. And, um, and the ark rests on the mountains of Arat in Turkey. We talked about that. And so we, we, one of the things that's very important about chapter 8 is to remember that, that God gives specific, specific day, specific month, and specific place uh, of where the ark rested. And they have found, like I told you, it, until it's substantiated, there is plenty of stuff online to show uh, that there is a huge vessel on top of Mount Adat. Problem is, it's because of the altitude, they can only go up certain times of the year uh, to do any looks of it. And then Turkey decided they don't want anybody looking at it anymore. But it's like I told you, you can, I can prove and, and show you evidence of the ark, but if you don't want to believe in God, you're not going to believe in God. An ark is not going to help you believe in God. Uh, and, and so we see Noah coming off uh, the ark, and, and, and what's the first thing he does? He worships God. 
He worships God. He, he builds an altar, an altar and he sacrifices the animals. And God, I love in verse, Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, it says, And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and, and of every clean bird and burnt offerings on the altar. And then we also know that God set the seasons. So now we have the seasons, winter, spring, fall, and summer. Uh, there's no more, we have that, that protective um, protective over the earth and 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 now that's gone and so now you have currents of the ocean you have you have storms you have blizzards you have all these different things that happen just like regular like regular seasons but one of the things that 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 was said by by the lord is in genesis chapter 8 verse 21 and 22 and he's and the lord smelled as a soothing aroma the lord said in his heart i will never again curse the ground for man's sake although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth evil from his youth nor will i again destroy every living things every living thing as i have done while the earth remains seed time and the harvest cold and the heat winter and summer and the day and the night shall not cease and so now we're entering into genesis chapter 9 and we're actually going to look at the institution of government. Because there is a law that's given. You can't kill a man. Or your life will be taken. And, and he allows that to be done by who? Noah. If you take somebody's life, you will, you will be stoned to death as well. And, and we'll talk about that. So we see the institution of government. Who created the government? God. Anything that you can think of, science created by God. You know, it, it's we forget these things. Our our constitutional laws are based upon the Word of God. But we see that if someone commits murder, they will pay with their life. This is the Old Testament in Genesis chapter nine, verse six. It says, "Whoever sheds man's blood, by man's by man his blood shall be shed for the." image of God he made man and so again we see before the flood guess what all bets are off you could do whatever you want there was no penalty so what is the importance of a government God has, has placed things in, in, in place for us for a reason there's a government when the government does not do its job it fails. It fails to protect its people. We see that today. But we also know the other thing that God put in place was what? He put in laws. And we're seeing that in, in this first, in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, we're seeing that laws are instituted. And who's to govern those laws? Man. You kill someone, you pay with your life. And, and, and then the other thing that God gave us was what? Parents. Between the parents, the law, the government, you shouldn't be acting a fool. But we have single parent homes. We have fathers who are absent. 
from the homes. You have kids that are being raised by the tablets and the phones. And, and what we're understanding is we got simple things. I'm sorry, you know, at the end of the day, I don't like talking about this stuff. I don't like to, to see that, that, you know, that there's no law for somebody to step in when people are being threatened on a subway and being told they're going to be killed and there's no police there. And you have to do what? This is what happens. Man has to take law into its own hands, and this is the mess that we're in today. That's when the government fails to do a job, whether it's the local government, the state government, or the federal government. It happens. And we forget, we forget that it's God that designed and instituted government. God puts in place those that are in leadership right now. It's God. Yeah, you go vote and do all that stuff, but it's God who ultimately puts things in place. You may not agree with it, but what does he tell you? Pray for him. Lord knows. Just looking at what's happening in our, in our, in our United States, we should be deeply in prayer. We spend more time complaining than we do praying. Right? We do. If we're honest about it, I can tell you, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you put the news on, I'm just like my grandfather. Anybody over 50 still watches the news, you're like, oh, what is wrong? Well, where's the parent at? You know, you're already just talking to the TV. Like, and my grandma always like, honey, there's nobody there. They're not hearing you. And we see the, 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 the joy, one of the things I love about this is even though we see as, as we enter into the new world, the, the world has been judged. And, and we see that God preserved the family, this family. There's hope in this. There's grace in this. You know, one of the things as we move forward, you're going to see blessing and cursing, or blessings and curse. But you'll also see hope and despair as we, as we go on into to Genesis. That's the theme of Genesis. And one thing you need to remember that the ark is a type of Christ. We have a, a, a covenant promise with God. And what does God say? He'll never flood the earth with water. There's a lot of other things you can flood the earth with. Every time I read that, I go, man, what else could he flood it with? Because he can. If, if I'm to read about Genesis chapter Six, and I read about the corruption and the violence and the evil thoughts from man. I see that today. And I see things that are, just blows me away. And we don't think that God won't judge. He will. He's coming back. He will return. Our hope and what we have is the promise of Christ. We know that Christ has come. We know that Christ died for our sins. We know that Christ was resurrected. We know that Christ defeated death. We have the whole story. They didn't. And he gives us this story to remind us of what? God's second coming. Noah's covered so much in 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and it's covered uh, throughout the Bible. Even Jesus talks about Noah, confirming it. So it's an important story in the book of Genesis. So we see in verse 1, it says, So God blessed Noah and his sons, 
and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the last thing we, we had from humanity was what? Corruption, continual evil thoughts, evil thoughts and violence. Humanity was judged. Now Noah and them are being given the, the grace of God. They've been faithful. And yet, they don't deserve this grace. They should have been judged probably like everybody else. But God saw Noah as being righteous. And his family. So how can we be blessed like Noah? How are you blessed by God? Well, God blesses us by what? Obedience. When you're obedient to the Lord, there's a reward in that. When you obey His Word. In Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the, in the seat of, of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, and his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a, a tree planted by the rivers of the water that bring forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also should not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. He's like, if you do this, stay in the law. Don't hang out with people that are sinners. It's one thing if you know that you're going to go and talk to somebody who doesn't, doesn't know Christ. But once the weed starts coming out or the alcohol starts coming out, you got to go. And you can't go into those situations solo. You need to have somebody that has your back. You need a wingman or a wingwoman, maybe your wife. But you don't go into those things alone. Because what will happen is you get pulled back into that stuff. Next thing you know, you're like, hey, well, let me have a beer. It's not going to hurt. One beer is not going to hurt. And then, and then you're back into it. He's telling you, don't, don't, don't walk with them. Don't seek counsel from the ungodly. If you, if you, if you have family members or, or people that you know that are not walking with God, the counsel they give you is not going to be godly. You need to be very careful of that. That's why when we look at the Word of God, it's like through our obedience, God blesses. When you're in sin and you walk away from sin, God blesses that every time. And God bless Noah. And, and, and the blessing is to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And this is the beauty of Genesis. You see repetition of themes. And, and it's going to continue like that for the Israelites. As they study the Word of God, this is how they, they, they studied God's Word is through repetition, from learning, from memorizing, so they can grasp the concept. And so that they, they understood the flood narrative and, and the earth was judged. The waters had subsided. And now man steps forth and it's very similar to Genesis chapter 1, verses 28. When Adam comes. And now we have Genesis 128. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Noah is given the same instructions as Adam, but something's missing. 
you have those two verses that are sitting right there. What's missing out of that? You don't see subdued on there. We're going to see the consequences of the sin in this world. Noah is the, the, to bear the image of God. We're, we're image bearers of Christ. One of the things he tells us is to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And God has used this one family. He could have wiped everything out. <laughs> that would have been it. Bible ends in Genesis chapter 8. Done. But God's grace, God's goodness. That's why when we read Genesis 5, remember we talked about how Genesis 5, as we read the genealogy, you see, and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and then you see all these kids come out, and, and that's, that's the beauty of, of the genealogy in chapter 5. It's a reminder of they were being fruitful and multiplying. The sad part is, is they were, they were somewhere between 5 and 6 billion people on the earth that died. That's how fruitful and multiplied they were. But they were fruitful and multiplied in what? Evil. Sin. If I wanted to take your lunch, I'd just take your lunch. There's nothing you could do about it. There was no law. If you came after me, I killed you. There was no law. You could get away with it. What do you think happens when those things happen? People become stronger. Especially the ones who continually have evil thoughts. They just, let's come up with some more evil things. But he says for us, we're image bearers. Every person is an image bearer of God. We were just at the restaurant. And a young man who looks like a young woman is an image bearer for God. And I sat and I told my wife, I said, you know, we try to be as nice as we could, very loving as we could, because how many people are mean to that person? How are they going to know the love of Christ? All they're looking for is attention. Negative or positive, it doesn't matter to them. But they need Jesus. And so the, we, we are, I have to see that person as that's an image bearer of God. Without all that stuff, they still need the most fundamental thing that I needed, which was Jesus. Remember that. They're in a sexual immorality issue. Guess what? I was in a sexual immorality issue too. Right? Before Christ, I was. So there's no difference in the sin. It's still sin. But if we look at people as God, they're made in the image of God. Is there somebody that you could look at and you go, man, I, I can't get past it. Think about the, the one person that you've seen and you go, I, I'm, Mike, I'm struggling with that. You need to ask God to help you with that. Because that person needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know how hard it would have been for somebody to go to, to SatanCon in Boston and actually share the gospel with people? But they did it. They did it. They had many people come to faith. Many people. We are to be image bearers. For Christ. But we also need to remember to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. To bring children into this world. But I'm going to hit some of y'all with some other thoughts here. 
If we are to be image bearers of Christ and we are followers of Christ and we are to be fruitful and multiply, we should be pointing people to the coming kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 9, it says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the seed. We are stewards. This is not our home. We have people that need Jesus Christ. We have people that, that look at this world and think there's some answer that they can conserve. We can save this world. <laughs> you can't. John Kerry, let me have five minutes with you and show you scripture. Revelation 21.1 Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. What does that tell me? The earth you're trying to save? Gone. It's gone. It's, at the end of the day, it's gone. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away. Also, there was no more sea. That one kind of broke my heart a little bit. Because I'm an ocean guy. I grew up near the ocean. So hopefully, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to miss the, the water. So I better go as much as I can and enjoy it while I'm here. Right? But I love what he says in Habakkuk. The prophets knew this. And the prophets were saying, hey, this is, this is something you need to pay attention to. Because in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You have Isaiah and you have Habakkuk both sharing the same thing. And they're saying, look, there's something in this. That if you, if you are fruitful and multiply, that you, if, you, if you understand that if you pray and you have salvation first, the next thing that happens is marriage. You have family. You have children. Some of us get it backwards and we don't have salvation. We just have children. And we're in sin. And then we figure it out later. But that's okay. You're made in the image of God. And some of you are older. And you're going, I can't have any more kids. How do I be fruitful and multiply? I tell you, it's so simple. One of the things I remember is when I read this passage and I was looking at this and I saw that, that God has given us a universal purpose for every one of us. To be fruitful and multiply. That challenged me. Because I go, man, I can, I can have kids, but Teresa can't. We're done. Not unless Abraham and Sarah, that thing happens, and God help us. Because I, I, I have a hard time chasing JoJo around my grandson. <laughs> but it can happen. It can happen. But one of the things I learned as I first came to Christ is I had a purpose. I had a purpose. I had a purpose from God that was given that was universal for all of us. Do you understand what it's like to flounder in this earth and not know what your, your existence is for? I did that for 39 years. Got married at 17. Destroyed the marriage by 18. Was in the army, went to combat, came back, messed up. At 28, I was sick. Diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. 
with four kids sitting around waiting to die with no purpose in a very dark place and then even then God blessed me with Matthew because I believe if Matthew wouldn't have come Mike would have been gone I was struggling with suicidal thoughts And let me tell you something, a child will take you off of anything that's going on in your mind, in your head, because you ain't got time. I raised my son. I have such a respect for moms. Lord, help me. There were times, and I told my wife, I had to walk away from that child and just go and sit in the room for five. I don't know how you do it. I wasn't equipped. The things Matt started growing up and... I was 39 and I was still sick. I was getting sicker. And I was a failure as a husband, failure as a father, failure as a man. With no purpose waiting to die again. But I love that scripture that we went over in Ephesians when it says, but God. God came into my life. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 